revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. What's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge with Wits and Roz, and we are back. The World Series is officially over. It is very late, almost going into Friday day. Xander, the Astros, and let me just put this out there for the universe. If anybody can go back and find, if I said I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series, I'll give you 250 bucks because I definitely didn't. So, by de facto, I think I can call myself the winner this year because I rightfully picked the Astros one to get to the World Series, and unfortunately, the Cubs were not able to attend with them, but the Astros did win. So I'm going to take a half credit. They do that in school. I'm not there anymore, but they do give half credit. Xander, I think I got this one correct with the Astros winning the World Series. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. I don't really care, but Astros, phenomenal win. Great season. I remember during the deadline, everybody was ragging on the Astros for not making a move, myself included. Um, I just didn't think they did enough, and then they came up with which turns out to be probably the best trade of the MLB season in getting Justin Verlander, who turned out, um, I think, to be a, just a cornerstone of that team. It was a heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because where were the Cubs? Where were the Cubs scouts? Where were? I guess you could say that for every other team that didn't make the postseason or make the World Series. But how does it slip through the cracks where that Verlander is on the Astros? I mean, he was spectacular. Just nothing above. I mean, nothing under spectacular. Yeah, I mean, and he, you know, obviously had a chance to close out the series in Game Six and was pitching fantastic until he hit a batter and things got a little out of control. You know, they lost the game three one, but you know it doesn't really matter now. They won Game Seven, which turned out to be, I think, probably the worst game of the series. Um, Dodgers got down early. You Darvish, you know what? For all for all the good he did before the World Series, just. Not a good statistical line, you know, three and a third innings pitched and two starts and gave up nine runs. Really not what you're looking for, but as bad as he pitched in game seven, the Dodgers had so many chances in those first five innings that they just didn't they didn't push any runs across and that turned out, I guess, to kind of be the end of the game. You know, they they had chances in the first inning, first well, leadoff double, um, first and second no out. They just didn't get it done. You know, the Astros bullpen was horrendous for the first six games. Come out, 
pitch a great game seven after only two and a third from Lance. Although McCullers. to be fair, they put Morton in. They kept. They went with the starting rotation. I don't know well, how much he's of still, that was He's still part of the bullpen, though. I, I mean, get, if he didn't start the game. Technically, And yeah. back to the Dodgers run issue, a lot can be said that it's on Bellinger for Game 7, that he had many opportunities with runners in scoring oh, I position. Mean, he, he had the most strikeouts of any. But, but how history. old are you, and how old am I? I'm 23, I believe. And I'm 22. And you know how old he is? He's 21 years old in his first ever World Series. So that's pretty ridiculous in itself. And I also want to allude to another thing where I've been hip, or I've not been hypocritical. I've been critical just alone of bringing in starting pitchers on short rest, bringing them in after the team has already seen them. But Kershaw last night, saying that there wasn't a five nothing lead, pretend it was still close. Kershaw looked dominant again in his innings. He came in. Kershaw was very good in this series. I think you know he had a rough game five, um, and really it was just those two innings. But game one was fantastic. Game seven came in and really gave him all that he had. I mean, you know, they were they were down early, they were down big. He really did what he needed to do, and it was kind of funny what he said after. He's, you know, are we ever going to win one? You know, is this is this ever going to change? They got as close as he's ever gotten so far. So I mean, one was, game away, you cannot get closer right? to losing. And then he said, you know, one team has got to win the last game, and unfortunately, it wasn't us. But I think the man of the series. Rightfully so, named the MVP, George Springer. I've got some stats here that I could not believe reading, you know, as the MVP. Five home runs in the series, eight extra base hits, 29 total bases. Homered in four straight games was the first time anybody's ever done that in the World Series. Eight ex- An extra base hit in six straight World Series games. I mean, the guy was on an absolute roll. George Spring balls off your bat, basically. I mean, talk about Correa, talk about Altuve. But George Springer was, you know, that dark horse MVP candidate that got overshadowed by Altuve, really put the team on his back and was had a, an awesome series. And this lineup is going to be good for years to come. It now becomes what can we do to beat the Astros? And I know baseball in particular is the hardest sport to repeat in. I mean, it hasn't been done since the New York Yankees in, uh, in the early 2000s. But this team's built to keep doing it. I mean, Correa, by the way, congratulations. He uh, He's now newly engaged. Yeah, and Verlander's actually cool. getting married this upcoming weekend to the beautiful supermodel, Kate Upton. So everyone's loving Houston right now. And you know what? It's actually great for the city as well. Going through all the Hurricane Harvey stuff. Houston really needed a W, and they got it with this World Series win. It's great for them. But this team, it's not done yet. They are going to be dominant for years to come. I think this lineup is incredible. And it's time for teams in the league to now amp up their lineup, get ready for 2018 and beyond. Yeah, I mean, the Astros, they're a team that I think is definitely here to stay. But, you know, the thing is, you never take a World Series for granted. I mean, you look at the Cubs, first time in 108 years last year, they won. And it looked like they were maybe going to come back this year. Didn't happen. You really never know when you're going to get back to the series. I mean, I look at a team like the Nationals, who's kind of been on the, knocking on the doorstep of becoming a powerhouse team, hasn't been able to get it done. So what Houston was able to do, and like you said, the whole Hurricane Harvey um, you know, issue really rallied around this entire city, and it was, it was awesome to see. I mean, whenever you see a team, it doesn't really matter which team, whenever you see you, a team win a championship, it's, it's really special. And I know it didn't happen at home for them. It happened in L.A., but I think even as a fan of L.A., just, just watching the end of a great series of an entire season, a whole body of work, it's, I mean, as a sports fan, it's really, you know, 
I think the best thing in sports is watching a team celebrate a championship. No, absolutely. And it would have been nice to have done it in Houston, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Joe Buck, who calls not only baseball postseason, but does most of the NFL, has called the Packers Super Bowl win. I just had to throw that in there real quick. <laughs> he said playing or going to Houston for baseball games might be one of the loudest stadiums he's ever been in. And who knows? Maybe the Dome helps amplify it a little bit. But he says, I think he probably does he says it's incredible. I mean, it's a win for everybody. It's definitely a win for Major League Baseball, who gets to play their season into November. That's pretty wild how long this re- the season stretched. But the Astros are the 2017 Major League Baseball World Series champions. How many different words can I put into that? And <laughs> We're going to do our way too – just like ESPN, me and Xander, before we hit the break here, are going to do our way too early predictions, which will change come spring when we do put our actual picks in. But my picks for next year's World Series are going to remain identical to that of this year's World Series picks. And it's with the fingers crossing that for some reason something doesn't work in terms of making a deal with Harper and it's just time to cut loose and maybe a trade's made. Sending him to the north side of Chicago. My pick's going to be the Chicago Cubs versus the Houston Astros again. And I think the Houston Astros will finally get a crack at the Cleveland Indians and the ALCS. It'll be an awesome series. But this is, again, the early look. Xander, who do you potentially have? So much pressure after we just saw an entire season end. But coming out of the AL, you know, I'm going to have to go with the Cleveland Indians. Between them and the Yankees, I think we might see a matchup, a rematch in the ALCS. And also out of the NL right now, real tough. I'm going to go with the Colorado Rockies. I At think. least it's not the Mets. Uh, you can't you know, go wrong. It could be the Mets. I mean, you, you never know with, with my championship picks, but we'll save it for the next year. Well, that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM 24-7. We'll be back after the break, everybody. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And... I, I can't tell you for sure that I have a place on the college football playoff board. I might. I might be working for them. I might be suggesting where to put teams and everything. But it's very clear that there is an agreement who the number one team in college football is, and it's the Georgia Bulldogs. A dominating force in the SEC. One we haven't seen in a long time. And that's coming from a <laughs> except, SEC except with Alabama. every year. But this is the Bulldogs with a bigger bark and a bigger bite. And the number one spot right now in the college football playoffs. Ethan Pun Rosenzweig just ripping them off right now. Playoff rankings don't really mean much <sighs> to me because, you know, I think we'll, we'll find out who the true top four teams are at the end of the season. doesn't worry me at all. I think it's nice to kind of start thinking about the college football playoff because we are about two-thirds of the way through the season. We're in week nine of college football right now. To rank Georgia ahead of Alabama... I think kind of splitting hairs. Georgia, I think, has been a little more impressive this year. But to me, bar none, Alabama is still the best team in college football. But I think it gets real interesting after that. I mean, Georgia and Alabama have clearly been my top two. But Notre Dame, what a season they've had besides that one-point loss against Georgia. They've really shocked me. I they they have been phenomenal. And I hate to say it because I really don't – I don't mind Notre Dame. I really don't like Brian Kelly at all. Guy just rubs me the wrong way. But this Notre Dame, this Notre Dame team, has been taking names the entire season. I mean, in that Georgia game, which I didn't give much credit to Georgia the entire season, I have to do it now, unfortunately. But Notre Dame has has been phenomenal. I mean, um, they cracked down thoughts? on USC as well, and we already alluded to that. But their their schedule is not easy, and it's not going to get any easier right. moving the, forward. The, Notre Dame, if they make the college football playoff, they will have absolutely earned it because, like you said. 
their schedule is not easy coming down the stretch, and, and it hasn't really been easy so far. I would um, say they're one of the few teams that can control their own destiny here on out. They went out, they're in. Absolutely. But, and But I, you can't say that, I think, for one and two right now. I don't think you can say that about Georgia and Alabama because, one, these two teams are going to have to play each other eventually, and that's where it's going to hurt. If there's an SEC championship game, both these teams go in undefeated and one team loses, I think it's tough to then slip them into the college football playoffs the last week of the year. It's not good getting your losses at the end of the year. You, I, I agree jump. with you. It's not good getting your losses, but I disagree that that both these teams could not make the college football playoff. Clemson wins out and wins the ACC championship. I know, but st- like if if Georgia and Alabama play for the SEC championship and the game is like 27-24, it's a fantastic game. I don't think you can tell me that you know whoever loses that game doesn't still deserve to be there. They might not get voted in, but... I mean, uh, the matter of them deserving it or not, I'm not that I agree with you. It's the committee. I don't think they'd put one of those teams in. Right, and I that I don't. I just don't look really at the like teams that, that with, the, with Oklahoma. You can say what you want to say about the Big Twelve, which has arguably been the most competitive conference. But, okay, but looking at the bot at the whole season as a body of work, you're telling me that a one loss Georgia team who lost to Alabama is not going to be ranked ahead of an Oklahoma team that lost to Iowa State or Iowa a Clemson State. team that lost to. Syracuse. Iowa State's ranked in the top 20 now. I know, but they're not ranked number one. That's fair. I'm just saying, coming up, I think what people are going to start to see as college football continues to progress with this college football playoff ranking is it's going to lay heavy on the champions, the conference champions. And I think Oklahoma playing in that conference is going to have a very important last game. And they're going to need to win that. And with the, with a Big 12 champion, I think they put Oklahoma in just with the name. And Ohio State, that went over Penn State. The win that would come over Michigan. The win that would come over whoever they play. Obviously, at that point in time, Wisconsin, if they remain undefeated, they're number nine right now in the college football playoff ranking. That's only going to go up if they remain undefeated. And that just is a that the eyeball test would say Ohio State would make it then over a losing Georgia, a losing Alabama team. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State came up with a huge victory over Penn State this weekend. Really disappointing. I did it. Penn, we did have Penn State plus six and a half. So we won our money, but we I we felt bad. I, I wanted to see Penn State win the game, and they absolutely should have. You know, they have nobody to blame but themselves for blowing that lead in the fourth quarter. Um, it was disgusting. I mean, that that's really the only way I can put it. You're going to be a championship team. You cannot give up that game, especially with how they were playing the entire way. Um, they had a chance to really stomp on Ohio State. I thought early in the third quarter. Just didn't get it done. They let them hang around, and they still were up late in the fourth quarter. Let J.T. Barrett march down the field, who actually came up with a spectacular game. I think he had about 450 total yards and four touchdowns. Was was awesome. He put guy, himself back in the Heisman mix. A guy sure. that I've ragged a lot this ragged on a lot this year. I mean, the guy played a fantastic game, and Penn State. I mean, that that really hurt their playoff chances. I thought they could have really cemented themselves as a team that you know was not going to be stopped if they could have beaten Ohio State. But now they they fall into that crapshoot of teams that, that I think don't control their own destiny. I mean, things need to happen. There's two teams. You know what? I'll say three teams right now that they win out, which the Georgia-Alabama conundrum is obviously what we're looking at. But even still, if I get a good, if I get a fantastic Georgia-Alabama SEC championship game and a Notre Dame team that wins out, I would personally put those three teams in the playoffs. Wouldn't even think twice about it. That's fair. I think one of those teams that I know they're not in it right now, 
But I really think Ohio State controls their own destiny. I think there is such a pull with the Big Ten that if they win out, that early season loss to Oklahoma won't matter, especially since Oklahoma arguably could be in the playoff as well. And it would just be another opportunity to play that game. Right. And, you know, we talk about Notre Dame having a pretty tough schedule. Ohio State's schedule, while not, I don't think is as tough, but it, it's pretty tough. I mean, they travel to Iowa this week, which we've seen is not an easy place to play. Never has been. I mean, this Iowa team is, I think, completely different playing at home. And I think it has a lot to do with the crowd um, and just the whole aura of that field. And then they they uh, play Michigan State at home. They play Illinois. Not much to say about that game. And then on the 25th of November, they travel to Michigan, which I don't care. Michigan, if they're winless or they're undefeated, I think this is going to be a good game. Michigan has severely disappointed us this year. We were talking them up to be in the college football playoff in week one, but I think that will be a good game. I... If I can call it early, I think that's a robbery game. I think Michigan is going to break the hearts of many Buckeye Nation folk. I I think it's interesting here because then it comes down to who's going to play in the Big Ten Championship game, and it goes to your favorite team, Wisconsin, who's no matter – like right now, no matter what, looks like they're playing for their side of the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. But then Penn State gets thrown back into the mix again, and this is where – it's going to get crazy down the stretch. And who's going to be in this playoff? Who are going to be in these championship games? But we have to stay in the now. Wisconsin, by the way, in the now is ranked fourth in the country in the AP Top 25 poll. But I think we're going to rattle off our picks real quick before we get to the break. This week, I'm only taking one road team since the road teams have been killing me. I'm 15-14 and 14 on the year, which is a brutal, brutal number. But I'm taking Oklahoma plus 2.5 on the road at Oklahoma State. Feeling really confident about Oklahoma wanting to make the playoffs, really wanting to stay strong. And Oklahoma State has a lot of weaknesses that teams have been able to chime in on. I think Oklahoma is one of those teams that can do it. I'm picking Oklahoma Oklahoma to win this game. Miami, also one of my picks, plus two and a half. They are at home. Another top 25 matchup. They have Virginia Tech, a very tough team, but we saw the way that Clemson was able to break them down. I'm really pulling for the home team here. Miami has... Shocked me here and there as I've bet against them. I'm feeling good that they're underdogs at home. Always take the home dogs. Jared Rubin, props to you. Washington State, also at home, minus 2.5. If you're getting the trend, I'm taking 2.5. Those are the point values this week that are very, very important to me. Washington State at home, minus 2.5. And Xander, all to you. So I've also got Oklahoma. I did not know that you took them before this, but... I agree with what you said. I think Oklahoma wins this game straight up, and I think Baker Mayfield comes out and basically... Plants another flag. (laughs) Plants another flag, puts himself maybe back in the Heisman race. I think these are two very good football teams, but I think Oklahoma State is a little bit overrated. I know they've got home field advantage here, but you know what? I I just think Oklahoma is a better team. I like Clemson, minus 7.5 on the road. Love Clemson. Kelly Bryant... I think really stepped up last week. I think Clemson has a good chance to make the college football playoff. And I'm taking LSU plus the 21 the versus big Bama. Dog. Um, you know, this could be like my Florida pick last week, which I don't even I don't even think not only did they not get on the bus, I don't think half those guys got out of bed in the morning. <laughs> but I'm taking LSU plus the three touchdowns. It's time we'll Alabama see. doesn't blow out a team. I kind of like that pick right there. I'm not going to yeah, go. I mean, the too only many close points. game they played was a Texas A&M eight point game. Really wasn't that close though, but we'll see. I'll Coach O, you're, you're riding the Coach O bandwagon. And on that Florida note, before we leave, just as we're leaving for the break, Florida McIlwain is leaving for good. No longer the coach there at Florida. We'll be back. We're at Liberty Talk.fm, everybody.
What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubble Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And I got to tell you, I am grudgingly having this conversation with you right now. I'm not happy to be talking about the NFL. For me, it's time to go into hibernation. We're only at week eight, but there's nothing left. Week nine. Week nine. I apologize. I wish it was back to week eight. In fact, I wish it was back to the beginning of the season so I knew what would happen and wouldn't invest my Sundays this way. But it's been a god-awful NFL season. And we had this argument starting last week that there are not legitimate teams winning, that these are kind of soft wins, and you said any win's a win. It doesn't. So we ha- I got you to kind of flex a little bit on that. But it is early Friday morning, basically. Deshaun Watson has torn his ACL. Another massive loss. Injuries are plaguing the league right now. Yeah. And you can't deny that. I, I can't. And it's it's kind of weird. You think about the progression of the professional athlete over the past 50 or 60 years. Seeing these guys are a lot bigger, stronger, and faster. But for in my eyes, it seems like they get hurt a lot more. I don't really know what the correlation is. or, or Maybe what. it's because they're bigger, it stronger, might, faster. Maybe because they're just too, they're too tight, too muscular. I don't know what it is, but it's... You know, whatever the case, very sad story. Deshaun Watson really took the league by storm. 19 touchdowns through his first seven games. That's the record for any rookie. And and, and a guy who really didn't take any first-team reps in the preseason as he was not penciled in as the starter. So this is another big big loss for the league. Um, Obviously, big loss for the Texans. I mean, I don't think any... I don't think any Houston fan wanted to see Tom Savage back under center and... I think it kind of stinks. They they could have had a shot at signing Brian Hoyer. I mean, he was a guy who got cut by the 49ers and has played in Houston before. I think is is definitely an upgrade from Tom Savage. But, you know, we sit here with a Texans team that has lost J.J. Watt, probably the best defensive player in the league. They've lost their sensational rookie quarterback. And I, I think... For fantasy purposes, if you're a Hopkins or a Will Fuller owner, who they've been... Lamar Miller as well. Lamar Miller as well. Those two receivers, though, have been dominating fantasy football. They've scored touchdowns. came back um, and is just... I mean, last week was, I think, scored about 30 fantasy points. Yeah, but what you can see is Tom Savage doesn't know that Will Fuller's on the field when he's under center. So... The Texans is just a microcosm of this week why sports has been tough. I think Odell Beckham's message to Deshaun Watson was sweet and sincere and very important. I mean, it does not look like Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. And not that I want this person to come back, although I do have T.Y. Hilton on my fantasy team. Andrew Luck is finally, nine weeks later, officially done. He's on the IR and my question it is... was probably the biggest fantasy honey dick in the history of <laughs> where, fantasy. Where... Was this 
diagnosis, prognosis, whatever it is. Where was this in June? Where was this in May? Why was he going to play week one? How is that even imaginable? I it, It's hard to believe. It's hard to fathom. Like I, I remember specifically studying for a fantasy draft and thinking Andrew Luck might play week one, might not. But, but it was a we'll soft play, might not. We'll play for 15 weeks, and we sit here now after being strung along the entire time and not, and not like anybody picked him up and was going to you know keep him on the roster. But he's gone for the season. The Colts, I think, come in a close second place to the Browns for one of the most embarrassing organizations in football. I agree. And I mean, if not for Peyton Manning, who won them a Super Bowl, they are they, terribly They probably man- would be the Browns. They would be. Because I mean, that defense is a, a 2-14 and 14 team no matter what. Peyton Manning absolutely deserving of his five MVPs. I know. As he carried that I, team. I thought the the argument for him winning the, winning the MVP the year he didn't play, I thought was pretty funny, too. It's almost more legitimate this year. I, I agree. And, you know, I we rag on the Colts, but the Browns, news came through that they botched a trade for A.J. McCarron on the deadline. They were se- pre-celebrating the acceptance of the trade and forgot to hit the CC. And there were, I had so many things wrong with that in my eyes that, you know, first of all, botching a trade like that, no communication between the front office and everybody else, and trading for A.J. McCarron, out of all people, when you have, I, I thought, a rookie quarterback in Deshaun Kaiser who has not been good this year. He's but been thrown to the Wolves. He's that- been thrown in the Wolves. And the quarterback whisperer, Hugh Jackson, I mean, th- this 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 whole season makes no sense, and that there's a reason why the Browns Joe are Joe Thomas eight. is also now out well, and I know, ending a streak. He, but he's been there for the past eight weeks. I, this whole team is embarrassing. Hugh Jackson is probably on the hottest seat in football right now. He has one win in his entire Two tenure season. there. I mean, he is one in I, 23. I don't understand why they keep dicking around Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, the guy's young. You can see he's got potential. They keep benching him. They're throwing. They threw in Kevin Hogan. They threw in Cody Kessler. This team is just is an embarrassment. This organization is such an embarrassment to professional sports. I mean, but here's the difference. Houston has pieces. Houston has Deshaun Watts or has DeAndre Hopkins. Has Will Fuller. Has Lamar Miller. Has Jadavian Clowney, J.J. Watt, and that defensive force. The Browns don't have any peace for Kaiser, so he literally was tossed in to the Wolves. Right. There is no shot of him not being torn apart, and now what's the point? You are now going to have the number one overall pick, and why not try that again? It's a formula that is not working in Cleveland and hasn't worked in a long, long time. I mean, I, the, I, I, there's no, not even a word to describe it, how embarrassing they are as a football team. I mean, they, they have not been good. So the Cleveland Cavaliers almost made them better. The reputation is better because the Cavs I mean, won an NBA since, championship. Ever since I started watching football, the only season I can remember that was somewhat mediocre was Derek Anderson and Braylon, Ed, Braylon Edwards leading the Browns to an 11-5 record. I think the only time they've the been late... to the playoffs in our in our existence, and it's the only time they've been to the playoffs since prior to 1990. Yeah, I mean, embarrassing, but flip the flip the coin a little bit. Philadelphia Eagles, they're I think they're the number one team in the NFL right now. I mean, looking at you're gonna get mad. You're gonna get mad. I'm, I'm not gonna get mad. They're a soft number one team in the NFL. Okay, that is a team that, and That's I'm fair. gonna cry. And you know what? I get to cry. Men can cry. Whatever it is, 
That is a number one team I love seeing. Because that is a number one team Aaron Rodgers would have pummeled come postseason time. This is an Eagles team that could've, will, could've, will not be able to flock or fly. Whatever the Eagles do, they will not be able to do it in the postseason. And it's a bummer because some other teams have capitalized it. I personally think the Seahawks are going to capitalize. I think they're getting stronger as the season goes on and their team to be threat or feel threatened by it. I like what the Eagles are doing, but they're also in a division that is absolute trash, absolute garbage. I mean, you look at the NFL, I don't think, I wouldn't call any division, like, clearly leading the way. I mean, like you said, you think the NFL is kind of crappy this year. I'm on the other side of the coin. I kind of like the added competition. I like not really knowing who the best team in the league is, and I like every week, you know, there's teams that go back and forth. Um, A team that has really surprised me this year, out of all of them, New Orleans Saints. Five and two, playing some very good football. I think that's the Drew Brees effect, though. I think if you have, I know, Drew but they Brees, were not good last year. That's fair, and there's been rough years with Brees, and obviously you can't say that about Brady. But I, Brees is Brees, Drew Brees. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback to be, and I think it's it's one of his hoorahs, one of his last hoorahs that he's going to have. I think hoorahs, hoorahs. I like the hoorahsing, but anyways. I think they're going to win this division because I don't think Carolina is very good. I think Cam Newton showed he's he's not he had a great stretch about three weeks and since then he's just you forget that they beat down the Buccaneers last week or that slipped your mind. Beat down the Buccaneers seventeen to three. That's a beat down that's seven, a beat, scoring seventeen points. Seventeen to three. He, he didn't even get beat. in the end or he threw one touchdown pass. That, that's his a beat first down. touch. He's one touchdown pass in two weeks. I don't care. They won I'm seventeen to three. That is an annihilation. Well, the Buccaneers are in that division that I'm talking about, and the Buccaneers have been absolute garbage. The hard knocks effects is wearing off finally. It's like when you're super drunk that it carries over to the next day, and you're waiting for it to fade. That's what the Buccaneers you are. Speak for yourself, dude. The Buccaneers are absolute garbage again. And it's unfortunate because that's a team I thought was going to make the playoffs. And then I think the Cowboys are – I think Dak Prescott's in a little bit of a sophomore slump. It's not that he's performing poorly, but he's not performing to the level he performed last year. And, and it this looks whole, like Ezekiel Elliott and will they, not be here. Who knows with that still? It's still all over the place. And that's detrimental to a team's psyche. So – and I don't know why we brought up the Cowboys. That's on me bringing up the Cowboys. I meant the Atlanta Falcons, who Matt Ryan hasn't been able to dig his way out of the grave he built in the Super Bowl. I mean, yes, they won last week. But once again, against a really terrible team. And he Matt, Matt Ryan, I know it was pouring, but he fumbled, I, I saw, at least three times. He couldn't times. hold the ball. And, they didn't, like, and yes, they didn't cover the spread, so I'm a little more upset about that. But it was against the Jets. This Jets who, team who, who just beat down the Buffalo Bills, Bills on Thursday the, night. Who's one of the number one teams in the AFC East? This is what I'm talking about. The NFL How do you not is like this? weak. It is just like weak. I, I, How do we not like this? Because the only thing that's gonna be that's gonna show up at the end is the Patriots are once again gonna go to the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, and you don't know, it's a crapshoot for who's gonna come out of the NFC, and but I know I the like Patriots the crapshoot. There I think there's a bunch of teams that could win a Super Bowl this year. I mean Fair if you can get past the Patriots, if you can get past Tom Brady. I mean, I mean the, the Broncos. The Broncos are garbage. Charming. They don't even know what they're doing at quarterback. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. We're going to be back with our picks. A little bit more uh, arguing about the NFL. We are the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM twenty four seven. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. So the NFC is open, Xander, and that's where we left it off. The AFC is too. I don't think the AFC is as open as you think. 
the division winners that are going to come one out of the AFC South, I could care less if the Jacksonville Jaguars make their first playoff appearance in a long while. That offense is not sustainable in the postseason. That's fine. You don't need a great offense in the postseason. Ask Trent Dilfer about it. The 2000. But that Jacksonville Jaguars young. Let me put emphasize the young defense is not one that is comparable to the Baltimore. You Ravens. never know. Ten sacks in multiple games this year. They just traded for Marcel Darius who was once upon a time, two years ago, the best defensive tackle in football. This is a team to watch out for. If Blake Bortles can somehow pull his head out of his ass for just <laughs> just eight or nine weeks, this team has a chance. If Leonard Fournette can stay healthy, which is a huge question You mark, cannot honestly tell me that you would consider this team a Super Bowl team. I would. In a league this year with no team that is like, wow, that is an awesome team. Playoffs, you need to win three or four games. And the Giants, the Giants have done it twice as the last seed. I mean, it can happen. The Giants had a quarterback as well as an offense that was able to. But you don't need an offense. You need a defense. I don't Jacksonville they, has a defense. They're irrelevant when it comes to the postseason. Peyton Manning on one leg, one arm, one assist. Was still Peyton Manning, though. And so? And still he had, was, he had was a productive worse. offense. No, he didn't. He, he himself was. He himself wasn't productive. They did not have a productive offense. They. What are the weapons Von they have? Miller, Demarcus Ware were the only reasons that team won a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning could not throw the ball twenty five. Von Ware and Demar- Von Miller and Demarcus Ware are also were veterans at that point and knew what they were doing. This is a young Jacksonville team. Do I think it's going to be a team for the future? Yes. Still, they need to figure out what they do at quarterback. But that's back to the AFC South point. I don't think anybody's going to be relevant coming out of there. The Titans have proven to be the opposite of what we were hoping. The Colts, Andrew Luck might be done forever. In my opinion, if they were waiting this long until he's going to be done for the season, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, yeah, he's done forever. At least he couldn't perform the way we'd hope so. And he turns out to be a huge bust. And, of course... I don't see anything in the AFC North that's, that's like eye-popping to me. The Steelers are nothing the Steelers. Is, we've already established nothing's eye-popping. But not, yeah, but the, that's just easy for Tom Brady. This defense will figure itself out in New England. They have Matt they Patricia. Might, they might not. I don't see there's a team that's... This is almost Golden State-esque in the AFC. I don't think there's a team that can compete with them. I think Roethlisberger's I on think his the, last I think line. the Kansas City Chiefs can absolutely compete with them. They haven't. They haven't done it. That's show me. It's a show me moment because we know, know every the postseason when these two teams play, which has been in consecutive postseason, Mr. Tom Brady comes out on top over the Chiefs. And he might do it again this year, but I'm not I have not seen the same Patriots team that I've seen for the past ten years. Yes, they're six and two, but I don't think they've been playing like the Patriots of old. That's even scarier that they're six and two and haven't been playing I don't think their best football scary, yet. You know, so they're six and two. Who cares? So their best football comes out in the postseason, and then it's a it twenty-seven it to thirteen not. win over the Kansas City Chiefs, whose offense will struggle. Who they will? They know Alex Smith, a guy who everybody having, knows Alex Smith. Meanwhile, he's having an MVP caliber, having an season. MVP season. I think they get to him. He can be gotten to. He is not, in my opinion, an elite quarterback, which is always the argument people have. I mean, I don't think Joe Flacco's elite, and that was the longest argument I've ever heard on SportsCenter. I don't know. NFL super up in the air, but since we haven't, our picks. We haven't been agreeing, game. we haven't been agreeing, but we will agree on this. I'm finally joining the Redheads. I'm a big fan of, I just started watching Riverdale, their lead actor is a Redhead. I used to date a girl who was a Redhead, and I'm picking the Bengals this week. Plus five and a half, I like that, I like the spread. I'm riding Dalton, and I know you're uh, you're on the same boat. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like I pick them every other week, but yeah, I really do think they're going to win this week. And I will take the five and a half points. 
Again, Jacksonville just talked them up a lot. Defense is good. I, I think Andy Dalton, you know, he really came around week three, week four. And I think he has a, I think he has a very strong second half. I think he's going to throw for 15 touchdowns. You get it. You got a crush on the guy. I do have a crush on the guy. And you know what? This offense, this running game, I think, starts picking up a little bit. I think that just works well for both sides. I mean, Brandon LaFell is a big X factor for me. I know A.J. Green is one of the best receivers in football. They need a couple big wideouts. I mean, Tyler Boyd, um, John Ross have been disappointments so far this year. And maybe Joe Mixon, Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard can kind of get a three-headed monster going. I mean, they really have all underwhelmed, I think, so far. But the Cincinnati team, I'm not sleeping on them. I think they have a chance still to win the division. I'm going to stick with it. I've been saying that since week one. Can't turn back now. It's going to be tough to get over the Steelers, but... I have the steal of the week, by the way. Since you said Steelers, see how I did? You see what I did there? I did. Perfect. I'm gonna hop off because we've talked way too much about Andy Dalton in the last eight weeks. I'm taking the Colts plus seven. Ugh. Deshaun Watson goes down Thursday night. Tom Savage has two days, one being a walkthrough day, to figure it out again. And I know he's been there before, but he's been terrible before. There's no rhythm, no gel. Plus seven. Jacoby Brissett was just told the team is his. There's no worry about Andrew Luck coming back. Brissett is who he is, and I think he's going to be an excellent quarterback somewhere else one day. Maybe it's with the Colts. Maybe he says F you to Mr. Luck and says this is now my team, which I would be all behind. I'm going Colts plus seven. Okay, I can see it. Um, I'm taking the team that got beat down last week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Huge disappointment this season going up against the New Orleans Saints, so I was talking up. Um, I think the Bucs turn it around the second half. I, I don't I don't understand why they were so bad. I mean, Jameis Winston has been inconsistent this year. Defense has not really lived up to the hype, but I think they win this game straight up, plus six and a half on the road. Saints have been good, but you know I, I think it's time for a little switch up this week. And also with my third pick, another team that kind of goes on the wits merry-go-round, the St. Louis Rams. Could, they should hang out for a while. I don't know why you don't like the Rams. Ride the I Ram on like the merry-go-round. I, I, that's what I meant. I we'll like go to it. Great America this week, and we'll hop on the merry-go-round. They have a Ram Louis you Rams can ride. coming off a bye. I think Sean McVay reminds me of the next Bill Belichick. I think he's going to be the master of the bye week. And I think the Rams beat down the Giants on the road, minus three and a half. See, you gave me way too much time to think. I'm going to make a quick joke. The buck, The Bucks are not near... Or far. See what I did there? The Bucks. Yeah, got you. They're in limbo. They're gone. Hard Knocks was a complete distraction to my life now. My last pick is going to be the Raiders minus three. Derek Carr is still here, everybody. He is still fighting, and he's still going to prove Question that 11-5 last year was no fluke, oh. and that his injury held him from winning a Super Bowl they last better, season. They better rattle off eight in a row. I'm feeling eight in a row. Coming from the Buccaneers, and it starts, not the Buccaneers, from the Raiders, and it starts this week, minus three. They are on the road, but I love the Raiders. They're, if you wanted me to pick another team that I think, barring their situation right now and how much they need to cover, I think that's the Super Bowl team of the future. But we'll have to wait and see. We've had enough NFL talk. The Cavs, the NBA, it's the same storyline every year. It's like you get tired of playing the same video game, you get tired of watching the same movie, listening to the same song. I'm in love with the talent in the NBA right now. I'm not in love with any team. But this nonsense about how bad the Cavs have been is just getting annoying. It's like every year. LeBron, anytime LeBron goes on any sort of a losing streak, 
oh, it's over. The dominance of I LeBron mean, is over. I mean, but what else are people going to talk about? Like, honestly. Focus on Lonzo. The Lakers are struggling a little bit, but Lonzo, I just put the limelight on him. And I guess you can, because this will come back to bite me in the butt. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, you can talk about a little bit. Ben Simmons has been unbelievable so far. The guy, the guy is like a human triple double, and just every night is putting up these enormous stat lines. And Joel Embiid, as much as I hate the guy, just I think he's just such a loud mouth. He is a superstar, and when he gets to play full tilt, he's but how a much scary longer guy. is he going to get to play? That that is my that's my caveat. Where are we going to see him fall? I mean, the guy gets hurt like every year, and will this be the year that he finally plays the whole season? Because he's still not playing a full schedule. I mean, he's not playing at the most 30 minutes a night. Um, but this is a guy who should be in the lineup 40, 42 minutes a night. No doubt. I want to give a quick shout-out, some quick love. Victor Oladipo, really finding himself in Indiana, having a fantastic He can be the man of his own team, team now. Right. No so, shadow. That's a good little shout-out, And D'Angelo Russell. Get, I'm done. We're done. You're done talking. My last point for the NBA is the NBA draft is still rigged. I want it to be known here. They're now doing the draft lottery in Chicago this year. Oh, and who happens to be the worst team this year? The Chicago Bulls. Wouldn't it be nice to get the number one pick on your home court? Who is the number one pick? It's going to be Michael Porter, but we'll have to see the college basketball start in two weeks. We're pumped to get back on it. This is the Sporting Edge at Liberty LibertyTalk.fm. Everybody, Wits and Xander are the same person, and Roz is out with them. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.